want to talk to you about purpose. Purpose is literally a tagline of Dominion Church. Our name of the church is Dominion Church, but the subtitle of the church, if you will, is Encounter Purpose. We exist for you to encounter Jesus. We're a church that we don't get caught up. We're, we're, uh, I, people say, well, you're non-denominational. I say we're actually like interdenominational. We have some of every kind. There's like Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Baptist, Southern Baptist, Catholic, uh, Pentecostal, Methodist. There's all kinds of people here. Uh, and you know what the cool part is, is we've come together under one banner and his name is Jesus. Amen. So that's the goal of our church though, is to simply exist for you to encounter Jesus, but you'll never encounter Jesus and not encounter your purpose. And so over the next two services this morning and Wednesday night, I will break down the, the intentional message of purpose. And then next Sunday, we have an incredible speaker that will be here for Mother's Day. Ladies, don't miss it. Her story is going to challenge you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to build you up. It's actually a mother. I don't want to go in too much and tell you too much because I don't want you to research her and try to find her story. But she actually lost her, her sons, both of her sons, the same day at the same time. And she's coming to Dominion Church next Sunday to begin to share her story with you. So don't miss it. If you have a mama, get your mama. Get her here. If you ain't a mama, then you can come and still hear about the message of hope and how God takes and uses all things for good. Amen? Amen. So simply going into this morning's message, I want you to know, first off, there is no accidents. There's no coincidences in Jesus and you being here and anything that you've gone through in life. One of the greatest sought-after questions searched on Google and Siri is, why am I here? Many people desire to find out why am I here. And when I say here, it's not, I'm not saying 1030 Pearl Street, though granted, there's a good chance that in your search for why you're here, you somehow, some way, stumbled across, came to, whether through an invite or whether through going through Facebook and saw the service and decided to come be a part of it, you, you stumbled here. But here is just another stone in the journey of you really trying to find out why you're here. And when I say here, I'm talking about life because the reality of it is there is no accident in this room. There is no, there is no one night stand that went wrong and all of a sudden you were produced and oops, God is trying to figure out a plan for your life. I want you to know that if you are here, then God has a reason and a purpose for your life. You're not here by any accident. The goal of it is though is truly discovering why am I here? Matter of fact, Wednesday night I will talk about finding your why. But this morning I want to talk about something a, a, a little bit more touchy when it comes to purpose because you'll never really encounter your purpose until you understand what I'm going to talk about this morning. Some believe their life is just a cool episode of fear factor, wondering if they're going to survive, while others believe that it's a documentary of the rich and famous, and they're just trying to see how much things they can gather on this side of eternity, and then sadly, some feel like they have absolutely no purpose at all, and therefore, they are just trying to find ways to go through life in the motions. I believe that those three people are sitting here this morning. You're either feeling like, you know, you're just trying to, you know, it's constant turmoil or you're feeling like, man, how much more stuff can I get? How much more junk can I collect? How much more stuff can I buy to try to fill the void? And then there's people that are sitting in this room and the truth of it is, is you feel like you have absolutely no purpose at all. You feel like you're just going through life and you're just waiting to fulfill the dash between the day you were born and the day you die. And that's a sad life to live. 
Rick Warren of Saddleback Church in California wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And The Purpose Driven Life was a 40-day devotional that went on to sell millions and become a New York Times best-selling book. And the reason why is because he struck a chord in a nation of people that truthfully are looking for purpose. Why does a book go on to sell millions of copies? I'll tell you why, because there's millions of people that are trying to discover the answers that are inside that book. Why is the Bible the number one written best-selling book of all times from the time? Do you know the book that was first printed on the first press, the, the paper press that printed the first book? Do you know what it was? It was the Bible. The Word of God was the first book printed on the Bible and has went on to be printed more than any other. Why? Because it's on high demand. Why? Because in it is life. In it is purpose. In it is everything and anything you are searching for. It's not going to be found on your job. It's not going to be found in a bedroom or a bar room. What you're looking for is found in that book and it will bring purpose, life, and fulfillment for you and everything in your life. One of the most discouraging and defeating phrases that I hear all the time in ministry is when I'm sitting face to face with somebody going through something and they say these words, I just don't see the purpose. I've sat across from marriages that were in shambles and husbands wanting to leave wives and wives wanting to leave, leave husbands. I've seen mothers that have, to build, uh, that have to bury children and I've sat across tables and spoken to people. I've seen people that have been at the high of financial mountains only to be in the bottom of bankruptcy and have to sit across the table from them and, and a constant deafening sound is what's the purpose in it? Why would I fight for a marriage when she doesn't want to be with me? Why would I go on living when I no longer have anything to live for? Don't you understand? I've had to bury my child. I just don't see the purpose. I, I, I don't have a purpose anymore because I don't have a paycheck and I can't go and buy and do what I was doing before. I no longer have a purpose. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest lies the enemy will ever tell you in your life is you are without purpose because if you ever discover your purpose, you begin to discover the passion and the power and the pursuit of a loving God that is for you and he's not against you and you will begin to walk into life's fulfillment. The greatest thing the enemy can do is cause you to buy into a purpose that is totally inferior to your calling. We serve a thief in our lives that doesn't steal but gives. How does he steal? He doesn't steal by taking things from your life. He steals by giving things in your life. I'm going to teach you just for a moment. I said, we serve a thief because that's what a lot of us do. We think he's a thief, but what we realize is we're actually working for him. Because we gladly give him our joy. We gladly give him our hope. We gladly give him these things. And the reason why is because we give it away for something inferior. Watch this. When the, when the devil came to Jesus in the wilderness, he did not take anything from him. He tried to give him something that was inferior to what he was about to have. When the enemy came to Jesus in the wilderness, he didn't say, bow down and serve me and that'll be your life. He said, bow down and serve me and I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. See, what he did is he offered, if Jesus would have bitten into, into the fact that he would have gathered the, the kingdoms of the world at that time, he would have missed out on the opportunity of salvation and you being able to encounter Jesus. He would have sold his purpose for an inferior product. And the reality of it is that the schemes of the enemy don't change. That's what he does in all of our lives. 
He tries to get us to buy into something that is inferior because if he can, if he can get us to sell our purpose, then we never really get to encounter purpose. Now to rip the Band-Aid off of this message and you'll discover purpose. But you'll never really discover purpose without discovering your pain is on purpose. One of the greatest things that will keep you from really walking in the purpose and the calling of God is a thing called pain. And until you realize that your pain is on purpose, you'll never walk into the fulfillment of the calling that God has for your life. I've often heard the phrase that people hate pain. Let me tell you something. People don't hate pain. People hate pain without purpose. Prove it. Okay. What causes some imbecile to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and begin to run 26 miles to train for a marathon? I'll tell you why. The muscle burn, the fatigue, the, the, the cramping, the acidic reflections that he has in his, in, in his muscles that cause his hands to cripple, all this stuff, runner's pain, runner's ache, all this stuff that happens, I'll tell you what, he's running on purpose. See, the pain that is being produced in his body, he knows that the pain is temporary because the pain is going to produce a purpose in him. Hear me, people don't hate pain, people hate pain without purpose. What causes people to endure sickness? The pain of withdrawals from addiction? Sobriety and purpose. I'll never forget, I'll drop his name, my brother, the brother that's just older than me, when he was going through addiction after coming off of Oxycontin and heroin and the addiction relapse that he, he had went through, and then he was in withdrawals, and when he was fighting through withdrawals, he, he had to tell me that he was literally standing on his head with his feet up against the wall for an hour, as long as he could at night, to get the blood out of his legs so he could get in the bed and pull the, comfort, the comforter over his legs because his nerve endings were so shot in his legs, the weight of the blanket hurt his legs. What caused him to stand on his head and, and, and try to get the blood out of his legs so he could get in bed and try to get to sleep as quickly as he can? Why did he endure the pain? He endured the pain for a purpose called sobriety and freedom from addiction. I'm telling you, people don't hate pain. They hate pain without purpose. Now hear me. What causes a woman to push in labor? I'm talking about skin ripping, bleeding, tearing, screaming. I'll tell you what causes her to do that. She pushes with purpose, knowing that that pain is temporary for the joy of beholding her baby, which she has carried for nine months. Now hear me, there are people all in this room, and the greatest lie that you have bought into is that your pain was without purpose. People don't hate pain, people hate pain without purpose, but I want you to know there's a lot of you that are carrying something, and you'll never find out what you're carrying until you learn to push past the pain and begin to behold the baby of promise that God has put inside of you. You'll never see what sobriety looks like. You'll never look, see what freedom looks like until you push past the point of pain and begin to walk in the purpose, the calling, the destiny that God has for you. Luke 22, verse 31 through 32. I got 15 minutes and I'm done. Luke 22, 31 through 32 says, Simon, Simon, Jesus is talking to a man that we know as Peter. In this part of the Bible, his name is Simon, Simon Barjona. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. 
But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. The truth is, is there's moments of our life where we just feel like we're under attack. Hey, is there a witness in the room? I don't know, maybe y'all, maybe this is the church of the perfect firstborn. But this old preacher right here, there's been moments in my life where I swear the enemy took out a hit on my head and was destined to destroy me and kill me. I'm talking about hit after hit after hit after hit. Not just in the back of the knees, but in the back of the back, in the back of the head. Next thing you know, I felt like I was crippled, paraplegic, laying on the ground, just wanting to die. Anybody else ever been there? Come on, somebody. See, there was moments where life just feels like it's just full of pain. There was a season in my life about three years ago that was the hardest season of pain I've ever faced. In a period of three months, I was severely hurt from a ministry that Jamie and I had poured our lives into. Simultaneously, my children were attacked. I won't go into details in regards to that. The next thing that happened all in the span of three months is Jamie and I walked through the hardest season ever in our marriage without question, only to be followed up by my job at the time was on the breach of closing down. I faced layoff or transfer. I, tra- I chose transfer only in the name of trying to salvage some stability in my life, which seemed like the hardest mom- moments of attack. And I was transferred to Charlotte, North Carolina, still living in Hartsville. All of these things happened simultaneously in my life in a period of three months. You ever feel like you're being sifted? Shake, 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 shake. What can fall off his life today? What can fall apart in his life today? Shake, 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 shake. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Therefore, when you come back and you repent, strengthen your brethren. I'm going to talk to you just for a moment about pain on purpose. See, what I found out was though sometimes is God's purpose comes packaged in a thing called pain. What happens when the purpose of God in your life shows up and it's not a package with a fancy red bow on it, but it's a package called pain? What happens when you got to unwrap the hurt and embrace it because on the other side of it is purpose? What happens when it's in your gut? It keeps you up at night. You can't pray. You can't cry. The tears are dry. What happens when it comes in a package called pain? Because the reality of it is, is often purpose shows up in our life in a package called pain. See, when I look at Peter's life, I look at all the pain he walked through. See, it's in Matthew 16 that Jesus predicts his death and tells him, hey, this is what's about to happen. And as he's telling Peter that he's about to die, he's about to be buried, he's about to raise again in three days, Peter's like, oh no, Lord, that ain't going to happen. And then Jesus has to look at Peter and he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Boy, you want to talk about hurt? Let's talk about hurt. How about the time that Jesus looked at you and called you Satan? Check the box of failure. Moving on. 
You go over to Matthew 26, and I think about the time that Jesus uh, uh, took Peter to go with him to pray, and they're going off to pray, and this is the moment now. This is the, the, the couple hours before Jesus' betrayal. Jesus knows what's at hand. The Bible is clear that his blood becomes a swat, his sweat, drops of blood. He's praying earnestly. He asked Peter to go with him and pray. Peter's like, yeah, I'll go. They go to pray, and guess what happens? Jesus says, can you just stay with me just one hour? Yeah, 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 Lord, I'll go with you one hour. Jesus is over there praying, sweat drops of blood. Peter sawing logs, check the box of failure. Hurt, pain, things that Peter would have walked through, probably feeling like he was rejected, feeling like life didn't have a purpose. Here I am again, given an opportunity to go pray with the king of glory, and I only fail him again. I think of John 18, that Jesus is betrayed. He's about to be arrested. Peter's with him, though. The guys that are there, the mob, the motley crew that's there to arrest Jesus. Peter comes running up, thinking he's about to save the day. Pulls out a sword to cut the guy's head off. Misses his head. Hits his ear. The guy's ear goes flying. Rolling around on the dirt, probably up under a bush. And Jesus has to be the guy to fix uh, Peter's mistake. He walks over, picks up the ear, places it on the side of the guy's head, prays, and the man is healed. And Jesus is still arrested. Failure. Hurt. Pain, feeling like, man, I'm being sifted. And then in Luke 22, Peter doesn't just deny Jesus once. He doesn't deny him twice. He denies him the third time. And the third time while he denies him, Jesus watches him deny him. Luke 22, 61 and 62 says, and at that moment, everyone say that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter and suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Verse 62, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Man, talk about pain. Weeping bitterly. Y'all, y'all ever weep bitterly? Y'all ever weep bitterly? I'm, I'm talking where, where your diaphragm convulses, where, where, where you can't talk, where if you try to talk, your, 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 your lips are stammering so much your words can't come out. I'm talking about weeping bitterly, where the tears are not dropping, but they're flowing. It's a steady stream, talking about hurt, talking about pain. I'm talking to people this morning, letting you know that sometimes God's plan for your life shows up in a package called pain, but you gotta pr- you got to push past the pain to encounter purpose don't worry the story gets better but when I look at Peter I'm looking at a man that's completely utterly broken he's hurt you say yeah that's a whole lot of pain but what's the purpose see many times if we're not careful we'll look at life through the perspective of pain But here's the reality. We talk about what we've lost. We talk about what's not fair. We talk about why I'm hurt. But life with Jesus allows us to see pain through the perspective of purpose. Listen to me from somebody that I feel like, I can't talk about anybody else in this room, but I can only talk about me. Walked through the hardest, most difficult season of pain in my life just three years ago, three plus years ago. And in the midst of walking through that pain, with the greatest struggle I had to wrestle through was seeing that pain through the perspective of pain or seeing it through the perspective of purpose. 
Because if you watch it through pain, catch this, hurt people hurt people. So the greatest thing that I had to deal with walking through a season of pain, ministry, I had, I had a reason to be hurtful towards people in ministry. Why? Because ministry was supposed to be a safe place for me. It became the hardest hurtful place in my life. Okay, that's fine. I'll push everybody off me. All right, I'll go home. I'll focus on home. I go home, marriage in shambles, hurt, pain, talking about divorce more than we've ever talked about divorce. Home's no longer safe. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll just draw close to my, my kids. My kids are attacked and no longer do they get to comfort me, but I have to comfort them. It's fine. I'll just throw myself in my job. I go to my job and it's completely in shambles. I had nowhere to turn. And if I wasn't careful, all I would have done was look through life in a perspective called pain. And what I would have become is I would have become painful and I would have become a producer of pain. And now I would have hurt those because I was hurt. Listen to me. The greatest assignment of the enemy on your life in the name of pain is to make sure that you become a reproducer of pain. The Bible says in the prayer of Jabez that Jabez prays a prayer, but his name is Jabez, which means pain. Now catch this. Jabez prays a prayer that says, oh Lord, that you would bless me and that you would enlarge my territory and that you would keep me from causing pain. Catch this. Pain is praying that he does not reproduce pain. Why? Because the greatest assignment of the enemy in your life when pain shows up is for you not to catch purpose, but to become a reproducer of the pain that you walk through. My God, why are you hollering? Because you need to get this this morning. Because it will free you. It will set you free. You'll no longer walk in bitterness. You'll no longer walk in hurt. You'll no longer think everybody's out to destroy you. All of a sudden, you start saying, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for my good. See, it's only through Jesus that we realize our pain was preparing us. Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know. Everyone say, we know. Do you really know? Do you really know? And we know that God causes all things. Somebody say all things. To work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes for them. Catch this. You're called according to purpose, not called according to pain. And the mere fact that God allows everything in your life, I love the fact that he made sure he said all things. Guess what that means? The affair, if you'll give it to Jesus, Jesus will take it and use it for his good. Guess what that means? The bankruptcy, that means the, that if you'll give it to Jesus, Jesus can take it and cause it to work together for the good. What does that mean? That means the rape. That means the abortion. That means the hurt. That means the, the, the termination. That means everything and anything you walk through in your life. If you'll give it to Jesus, Jesus said, I'll take it and I'll work it together for your good. Watch this. Jesus can't work it unless you don't give it to him. 
You come to him, you say, Lord, we're in shambles. Our home is in shambles. Jesus says, oh, I'm glad you're here. Now I can take that and I can cause it to work together towards the good that I have for you. And it's a good purpose. I know you may not see the good in whatever you're facing right now. I understand that that you may say, what's the purpose? What's the good? Why should I continue? Let me tell you something. Let's be real transparent. Let's be real honest. If there was ever a spirit that I wrestled with, it was a spirit of suicide. About three years ago, I wanted to die so bad because of the pain. Can we be real? See, hurt people hurt people, but help people help people. And I just want to help somebody this morning. I want you to know regardless of what you went through, regardless of how hard it was, that if you'll just give it to Jesus, Jesus can take it and make something beautiful out of it. He can take your ashes and give you beauty for it. He can give you joy for your mourning. He'll turn your tears into laughter, but you got to give it to Jesus. On purpose. On purpose. Your pain came on purpose. Well, you got to give your pain to Jesus on purpose. That means the breakup. That means the bad business deal. That means the hurt. That means you give it to him. I love the fact that they're called according to his purpose. Catch this. You're called this morning. Huh. phone's ringing. You're called this morning. I said the phone's ringing. You're called this morning. You may not like the ringtone, but you're called this morning. I said you may not like the ringtone. You may not like the way it sounds. Ah, you may not like the way it's coming in your life. It may sound like an annoying sound, but the Bible is clear that you're getting a call this morning. He's calling you. He's calling you. And all you got to do is you got to pick up the phone. You got to answer it. And we know that he causes all things to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Go ahead right now and give God some praise. Notice, notice how it's called according to his purpose, not according to your pain. You need to stop living life according to your pain and start living life according to his purpose. I'm not disregarding the hurt that you went through. I'm not disregarding the hurt. I know it's real. I know it's real. I've been like Peter. I've wept bitterly. I've wanted to die. I'm not disregarding your pain. But what I am telling you is you got to stop living according to the pain and start living according to God's purpose. What showed up in your life didn't show up for pain. It showed up for purpose. You say, but pastor, you don't know how much I hurt. No, you don't know how much God heals. Pastor, you don't understand what I went through. No, you don't understand what he went through to make sure you don't have to go through it anymore. 
See, the very thing you dreaded is developing you. See, the bigger the pain, the bigger the gain. And it's more pain, more purpose, hear me, to the people that have went through something severely hurtful this, this morning and in their life. The pain came through permission because of the purpose of God on your life. Hear me, it is God's way of confirming your assignment. You say, my life's been hard? I'll say, man, your life's anointed. You show me people that have been shipwrecked. You show me people that have been betrayed. You show me people that have been bit by serpents. And I'll show you people that know how to plant churches, that know how to preach, that know how to see the dead raised, that know how to get up. And regardless of what comes their way, they declare things like, Paul, that if if I be here, if I go, I want to live for the glory of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guarding my heart and guarding my mind. How do you get scriptures like that? Get them from a place called pain that encountered purpose in Jesus. And he took what, what the enemy sent and allowed God to develop something in him, not destroy him. I'm almost done. James 1 and 2 says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind. Man, I'm going to tell you straight, I cried this morning studying for this message. Why? Because I used to cry of the hurt. But now I cry over the fact of how he delivered me. I used to cry over how bad it hurt. But now I read scriptures like this and I'm like, man, I'm on the other side of it. Come on, I know there's people here this morning, you're on the front end of it. Take it from this preacher that was just on, the other, on that side not too long ago. But this morning, I am, I am excited to tell you I am standing on the other side knowing that what the enemy sent to destroy me began to produce in me a far greater purpose, calling, and passion. And dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What? What? No. That typo. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I think he should have probably said something like, dear brothers and sisters, when promotions, raises, and bonuses of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. No. What did he say? You'll find your greatest purpose in life's biggest pain. How do you find what joy? He didn't say happiness. He said joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And guess what? The world can give you happiness, but only joy comes from Jesus. He said, consider it great, an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Somebody say, let it grow. Let it grow. Come on, sound like Elsa in here this morning. Let it grow. Let it grow. <laughs> For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How does that come? How does that come? Dear brothers and sisters, consider a great joy when trials of all kinds, any kind, comes your way because it's an opportunity for great joy. How do you get to the place in your life where you need nothing? Here's the problem. Great trials. Why pain? Because pain is on purpose. You want what you want with Jesus, but here's the thing. Many times, God's purpose comes in a package called pain. It hurts. I know it hurts. 
But James 1 says it's absolutely delivered to the right address on purpose because God has a plan for your life. Stand with me all over the house. Luke 22 and 32 says, but I have pleaded for you. Jesus talking back to Peter when Peter's being sifted. And he says, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Catch that part. Strengthen your brothers. Jesus knew Peter would fail. He knew there would be doubt. He knew that he would coward. He knew that he would deny him. But he also knew that he would come back stronger. How do you, how do you strengthen something unless you're stronger than it? Some of y'all missed that this morning. How do you strengthen something unless you're stronger than it? There's something called resistance training for the runner that wants to run the race. He doesn't look for the easy way. He looks for the way of resistance because resistance creates in him muscles, muscles that will produce endurance. So when he's running the race, he's not running at fatigue, but he's running it full of faith and strength. You better hear me this morning. But I've prayed for you. That when you've repented and returned, strengthen your brothers. Ooh. Peter came back stronger. So strong that he's the one that preached the opening message of the church of the resurrection on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And 3,000 people were saved. How do you get the platform of promotion at Pentecost? You walk through you walk through the gospels of pain. You walk through betrayal. You walk through the hurt. You walk through times where you feel like nobody's there for you. You walk away weeping bitterly. And then you find out that your tears are being turned into joy. That you're being moved into purpose. That sometimes God's purpose is packaged in a place called pain. As for me, three years later, just this week, I reconciled with the leadership of that ministry that hurt me. I said, God, I can't look through the perspective of pain I need healing and I reconcile I didn't reconcile so I could stand up here this morning and tell you that truth be told I wrestled with the idea of even telling you that but I know that unless I will bleed openly some of you will never be healed here's the other part of that story three years later that pain produced something called Dominion Church that you're standing in today that hundreds call their home church and Jesus is saving lives and we've seen over a hundred some people baptized in the last six months. Leaders are being raised up. People are stepping forward into ministry. Why? All because God's purpose showed up at my door one day in a package called pain. My marriage, still not whole but absolutely being healed. And now Jamie and I have a place in our marriage 
where we have sat at many tables and spoken to many couples and become a helping hand to them in the midst of their hurt. Our children, through that season we realized we're not just providers, we're not just parents, but we're protectors. And we saw a greater mandate on parenting our three children and realized that God has put us over their lives to shepherd them just like we've been called to shepherd you. My job, come to find out the hour and a half drive to Charlotte every day and there and every day back would become three hours that Jesus would talk to me. And he'd help me through my greatest season of hurt and pain. He took me away for a year, three hours a day to talk to me. What I thought was a demotion became a promotion not just spiritually, but naturally. I left that place with experience that I would come back to Florence and in just a matter of two months, I'd be recruited to now do what I'm doing now, overseeing a whole operation that was a financial promotion, that was a leadership promotion, and now the business is blossoming and Jesus is getting the glory. I came to tell you that your pain is on purpose. Why? Because sometimes God's purpose comes packaged as pain. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses of life, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy that was set before him, that was awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Catch that part. Because of the joy, it looked like pain to everybody else that he was being crucified in front of. It looked like pain, but Jesus saw it as purpose. What was the purpose? for you to gather here today freely and hear a message that says, I know it hurts, but Jesus is bigger than your hurt. You say, but preacher, you don't understand my pain. I'm saying, no, you don't understand God's healing. He'll take it. He'll make it whole. He'll bring healing. He'll use it to promote you.